0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: He is just an obsessive goal scorer.
2: But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu who it back. I haven't, I haven't got a problem with Choffer Stupé. So
1: oh. oh, oh,
2: oh, what I well, can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret.
3: Welcome everybody. Great show on top of you today. I've got James Bench, Michael Hood and Nigel Rio Coco with us. Hi, guys. Golf Clap for all of you for joining us and House of Champions Power Rankings <laughs> today. Thank you very much. Yeah, buddy. We're looking forward to the World <laughs> Cup. It's right there. I mean, it's almost in touch and distance. Some of the stories coming out of Qatar, by the way, James Bench, have been unbelievable. The Fire Festival Hotel accommodation. <laughs>
4: Talk to me, James
5: Bench.
3: Talk That's... to me before we get to the power
5: rankings. That uh, is 180 pounds of well, I don't know how many dollars it is. I don't know, probably 180.
2: It's now. the same. It's the same. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly. yeah. That's yeah. Wonderful.
5: Uh, for 180 dollars, you can sleep in what is somewhere between one of those tents you might all remember from Fire Festival, which is the sort you get oh. in a, um, which is the sort you get kind of if you're evacuated from a from a civil war, uh, somewhere between that and a um, storage container, a shipping container. Um, I mean, people questioned whether uh, Qatar would be able to host the World Cup, but between this and uh, it being impossible to record on the streets without some um, busybody <laughs> stealing your camera, it, it seems like it's been a really glowing success for our hey. uh, our hosts. So congratulations. And, uh <laughs> What, the only thing it. that can make this it. worse I, is if they lose every group game, which they're probably going to do.
3: Michael, I, <laughs> Michael, I've just got to, got to get into it. You know, the Danish uh, TV reporter right there yeah. washing the camera, getting up to it. What was your thoughts when you saw the golf cart coming around with uh, the aggressive, put the camera down?
1: Oh, I, well, I was I was laughing hysterically because if you slow the camera down, if you slow the footage down, you can see one of the security guards given a little wave as if you were saying hi mom hi dad before he goes in to smash the camera this is just the cartoonish display that this world cup has already begun to be and and i think the football will take care of itself but this is just a calamity to begin with
3: nigel how you doing buddy this seems to be a bit of a mess before we even kick the ball mate
2: that's what i was about to say mate this world cup's (laughs) going to a great start before we even started the tournament itself so uh Long may the decision makers at FIFA live, because this has just been an absolute embarrassment so far.
3: Well, we haven't kicked the ball yet, but let's
2: get into it. There's the England No, let's right not there. do this. <laughs> let's not do this. I want to know what James thinks, because for me, I said it, how much were these guys paid? Because they didn't even <laughs> sing the song correctly. They didn't even know the words. just coming home. It, is, it just seems so manipulated and so fake. And it's just not all They meant
3: Qatar, though. They meant it's coming home to Qatar. (laughs) I I,
5: I read somewhere, I think it was um, Sam Wallace in the Telegraph, did speak to some of these people. And they were, I mean, you know, they would anyway, they would anyway sort of say, look, no, we're not fake fans. We're real fans. And obviously, you know, a lot of these come from places like Hmm. Sri Lanka, like India, where um, their teams aren't at the World Cup. So you may as well pick someone to support. But yeah. I think that I think the strange thing, and you see this in like the adverts as well around the Qatar World Cup. It all feels so such a contrived attempt at authenticity. Yeah, mm. you know, like I think to an extent, maybe the way that Qatar should have done this World Cup is to acknowledge the the inauthenticity, the bizarreness of it, to heighten the luxury, to turn it into a, you know, the Dubai of World Cups, a bit of a billionaire's playground. But it hasn't. It's tried to kind of pretend that there's this strange world where. Um, you know, all these indentured workers have uh, suddenly caught World Cup fever. Um, the best thing they might have caught over the last 12 years. Um, but they're, they're all carried away on this tidal wave of emotion uh, and want to be... I don't know. I, I would imagine if I'd been involved in the, the building of this tournament, I'd be quite desperate to be as far away from it as possible.
3: Well, listen, it hasn't got underway yet. The tournament hasn't kicked a ball just yet. So we can't necessarily... Um, put our heads down mm. on the world cup yet, even though Nigel probably is uh, quite frustrated with those English fans.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> home. Saying, listen, Ian, you know me, I'm uh. a big fan of authenticity and just being genuine, yeah, Let the being pro as how we've all watched football. Football wasn't as popular yeah. mm. as it's really become nowadays from when we started watching, there was a lot that had to change. We talk about the the, the hooligan days and it still goes on, but it's changed and developed. Like, just let it be authentic, but it just looks so, just so inauthentic and just fake. And it's just annoying.
3: Well, let's hope it improves. Uh, shout out to Ivan, who's already in the chat right now. Oh, my God, three more days. You're absolutely pumped. So are we for the first kick. Uh, let's turn it into a positive right now because there is a, a competition of soccer ball taking place. Yes, that is right. Uh, the World Cup is about to begin. World Cup Qatar 2022. We're going to go through our power rankings. Feel free to jump in the conversation with us as we go through our power rankings. Now, um, obviously, and, and James, I'm sure you will disagree with me, but the the favorites at the bookies right now is Brazil. So let's get deep into Brazil. They're in Group G. Opponents are Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. As you can see, the odds, plus 400. I think they're dropping closer to plus 350 now, which Ooh. means a lot of money's going on Brazil to be the favorite in the competition. Let's begin with them, James, because I know you don't have uh, Brazil to win the competition. But I, I do. So
5: you do have Brazil? I do have okay. them to win the competition. <laughs> Okay. I thought you had Argentina. Apologies. I, I Well, I've had to do this thing like three or four separate times. Um, Cause our <laughs> editors love it. Um, it gets lots of readership. It's a lot of fun. It takes me ages, which means I don't, don't disturb them about anything else. But I think on my last draft, I did have Brazil to win the world cup. Um, because obviously like, as you know, as we can all lay out, they've got all the good players. I mean, there is that one or the, the two weak spots are at fullback. Um, hmm. And that is, a you know, it's a real weak spot. And I think we're going to probably spend a lot of time talking about Brazil and Argentina, Brazil and Argentina. Like, Argentina, I don't think, have a glaring weakness like Brazil do at fullback. But Brazil, everywhere else across the pitch, man, it's just absolutely fine. Like, it's a really strong squad. I think we've got players like Neymar, who in recent months has looked like someone at the peak of his powers. So many options out wide, through the middle. Strong, solid uh, midfielders who can defend. Fred is and Paqueta fantastic at uh, international level. It's just the fullbacks, but like I'm not too worried. They've got a good, comfortable group, a great path to the final. I'm I still seeing them winning it all.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to go back. I, I love everything you said, Benj, and I, I completely agree with you. This Brazil team is playing full of confidence. They they are just spoiled with a wealth of riches in attack, midfield solid. I wonder which midfield combination. He goes with in Chiche, because you can play Casemiro outright as the anchor of that midfield. Neymar may be dropping into that attacking midfield role or he can play up top next to Gabriel Jesus. I expect him to lead the line because of his form with Arsenal. But if you go to that back line, if one Wait, injury did you, did happens, if
3: form is form with Arsenal, you, you know, he's scoring
1: goals right, no, now, though, right? It, it, what he doesn't score in goals. He's been creating. Go to the last yes, match. Mike. He made he made key passes to lead. That's that's what he needs to do for this Brazil team. What? They Fair have a, they're spoiled for riches. You need to be the guy to give Neymar the ball to give Vinicius Junior the ball. I think Gabriel Jesus fits in well with this team. Mike, do you not need thing. to be scoring goals in this Brazil team to stay in the team though? If you're well, playing as look, number nine striker, I go back. To, I go back to 2014. They didn't have an outright barn burner and world beater at striker, and and I think it was a Fred up top. And it seemed to to work well. and That last game against Germany did not go well at all. But before that, they were functioning well. It was their midfielders and wide players that were getting you the goals. I think you'll see more of that in this World Cup. But if you go to that back line, the key player and injuries will be a crisis for them because they've gone so light. Danilo playing well for Juventus in recent weeks, but he's been playing as a third center back in a back three. He'll have Mm -hmm. to play outside back. And speed is not his best friend. Denny Alves as well being called up from the abyss. Surprise call up for him. Dani Alves, is a very attack-minded outside back. Alexandro, he's not in the best of form. Yes, he's been playing as higher up in the back three or three back five for Juventus, but you're you're counting on players who are not really good 1v1 defenders to defend one 1v1 in this four-man right. back line.
2: Do you say Danny Alves isn't a good defender? 1v1. He's 39 years old. Hold on a second. What USA American was playing at Barcelona that they had to call back Dani Alves to come and play yes. and get mad of the, the next day? <laughs> name names, Michael. I'm name telling names. you, mate, he's defender, 39 young, years old. Wait, wait. What young US defender was playing at Barcelona? <laughs> Just name that name. Jimmy Dest. Okay. Yeah. And who did they call at 39 years old to come back and play at Barcelona? Well, Poli- politics. Means, He's not politics, playing every game though. Politics. Every and, game, and though politics. politics. James, am I lying? Sorry, James, am I lying?
5: I, I, I think they'd been better off bringing back Junior G- balletti or uh, what's, or, <laughs> you know, someone from the nineties and they were playing Sergio. <laughs> ah,
1: here we go. You let's keep I'm let's still, keep it on this. Let's keep uh, it on no, Brazil. My US. It's already game. started. Hey, I'm let me down just down. tell you
3: something. Hold on, hold on. Let me just tell you something. All right, this kicked off. When Nigel recognised that the USA were in the top of the charts, yes, yes. producer, can you put that right? <laughs> yes, mind? thank you. This all kicked off when USA was notified. By the way, Nigel, that's not the top ten in that graphic. That's top fourteen in the graphic. That's why the USA. Why are they still in the, in the top
2: fourteen? are the USA, 10, man. USA. Get out of here. We're the anyway. USA. Let him, yeah, go put a bet on it if you want to lose money. Anyway, listen. <laughs> I, just, I just I just, might. I just I'm not going to elaborate too much because uh, James and Michael have done a fantastic job. I'm just going to stick to what I've always said before, Already, This Brazil team has come for all-out attack. They're going to score more goals than you. There isn't really a heavy, heavy reliant on a typical number nine striker that's going to get all their goals. No, you're talking about Vinicius Jr., Neymar, Rafinha, Gabriel Jesus. They're going to get goals from everywhere. And I don't think defensively they're as bad as James and Michael might think. That's just my personal belief. I think they've got great experience and that experience is going to carry them a long way. They're also the Brazilians. They do know how to play the dark arts and the dirty arts of the game of football. They know how to slow the game down. All that experience that they've got is priceless because they're playing at some of the top clubs in the world and they're also playing Champions League football. They've got so much experience that you can defend being old without having to... Run around as we would say, like a headless chicken. But I think they're going for all out attack. And I don't think they're as bad defensively as you yeah. guys think.
3: Yeah. Well, it's not just necessarily the guys think that's what the talk of the town is right now is that people are trying to find a weakness in Brazil yeah. because if you look at what they have offensively, it's phenomenal. And defensively, you're right, Nigel. It's phenomenal. But also, by the way, they have options. They they could put yeah. two starting 11s and compete mm. to potentially win a World Cup. That's how good they are. That's how deep they are. Obviously, some players who have been missing out on this squad, um, desperately disappointing. Um, But of course, this is uh, probably the most stacked Brazil squad roster that I've ever seen for a Brazil team. And, and uh, of course, we've seen phenomenal squads in the past that have won the World Cup but this one this group in my personal opinion should win the World Cup if they don't win the World Cup something's wrong and I'm just going to throw it out there I know I've mentioned it before James Bench I know I've mentioned it before not many parties going on in Qatar not much <laughs> alcohol to be drunk <laughs> not many girls <laughs> I think they need, for this Brazil team. Nobody, <laughs> they need that they no James, they don't
2: James no they don't it's you, you part of the, the Samba experience, experience let, let, let James they're going to F it up before. if that, that's all Ian, oh, Nigel Culture plays a big part. You'll We all marveled at Ronaldo, Ronaldinho and all that, right? If Ronaldinho Ronaldo were as professional as this Ronaldo now, we would have never got to see the best of them of how they were. Mm. That is it. You need that balance, I'm telling you. At times as a player, you have to do what works for you. What Being super professional doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's different. Right. This is just like a, a rough graphic of what the riches that Brazil has in every position. They could fill and three Coutinho. World Cup
1: teams. Yeah, but look at that outside back, though. That, oh mm, that's going oh. to that, cost them. I think that's going to cost them. I agree with everything you're saying. If you look at the graphic, but if you look at outside back, Alex, tell us. You know, you Alex know how Telles, well experienced man. Be. Alex, tell Michael,
3: when you're saying outside say back, you mean on the bench? What do you mean? i <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to no move way. on from Brazil. We can spend the whole show <laughs> talking about Brazil. Let's move on to Argentina. Uh, Nigel, obviously uh, you're very familiar with the coach of Argentina there in Group C with Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. Um, again, I go back to it, very similar to Brazil in many ways. Very difficult to find a weakness in this Argentina squad, mm. the squad of players that have been selected for the World Cup. and um, It's great to see more numbers being selected as far as I'm concerned because they're, they're so deep. They're so talented. Um, they're in an easier group in my opinion. Argentina have a very easy, much easier path to the semi-final and the final than most other nations. So they've got to win their group. I believe James is shaking his head and get to you in a minute. But now, go ahead.
2: I just think that Messi said it already in, in a interview that he did recently that he feels that the biggest challenge is always going to be the England, the Germany and the Brazil. Um, I watched them against the, I think it's the UAE. They played yeah. in the friendly, obviously not really a great comparison, but the luxuries that they have, they are good but I don't think they're as stacked talent-wise as Brazil. And again, I don't think they're as much as a big threat attacking-wise as what Brazil have. Because a lot of it is, is a lot of heavy reliance is on Lionel Messi still. He creates a lot. You take Messi out of that Argentina side, or Messi gets injured. I'm not saying they're still not a good side. They're a good side, but I don't think they will create as much and score as many goals compared to Brazil when you have that Brazil selection that they have and how they Pick can chop and change people. So but I what they've done, me, huh? Yeah
5: I was gonna say what they've done, just just picking up on your point, is they've made be- uh, Messi better hmm. than he kind of ever even than he was back in the 20 what was that 2010, 20 or 2014 in Brazil, you know, when he was he was shouldering that load because he had players around him that that he kind of had to service that weren't kind of servicing him really. Whereas Lautaro Martinez, who I think is fantastic alongside Messi. You know, players like Mm. him really do bring the best out of him. And finally, they've got a defense that can actually defend and keep clean sheets. I think they've conceded one goal over the last sort of 12, uh, over the last calendar year. And that was against Mm. Ecuador when they were already done and dusted. Like, I really like this team. Can I tell you why? I I don't think their path is that easy. This is kind of a bit of a spoiler for later on, but I don't think France are going to top their group. Which yeah. means they'd have to beat France in the round yeah. Of sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, but I still France think they would the that's a great chance. Yeah. France will top the group though because of that though, right? Mm.
3: Let me just, yeah, you don't think, just they, you don't are, think that France they'll recognise the they need to avoid that, route. France are the best team winning. in their
5: group, though. That's the point. Let me just oh,
2: yeah, add to what James I, said I, quickly though, right? Ian. Just what James enough. said. Yep. What what the manager's done that, so well with this messy thing is he's put him into a team dynamic. He's taken all the burden off him, like you said. And then you've got young Alves now that's playing and stuff like that. But it's just a team now that's built with Messi in it, and the burden isn't on him. But still, you take Messi Ooh. out of that team, they don't have another Messi-type player to fill in that big void he leaves. He's become Is a it, lot I, more I, of a facilitator. I, I'm gonna,
1: oh, pardon? I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree go ahead, with that. Go ahead, Mike. So when you go to the Copa America triumph, oh my God, in that. the <laughs> latter stages, well, we're gonna go back to that because it's a relevant point to the Brazil comment you made. That no, like Brazil, it's their World Cup to win or lose. Disagree yeah. with that. The last big game Brazil lost, Argentina in the Copa America Finals. Man of the match performance, Rodrigo de Paul. Last time I checked, that doesn't translate to Lionel Messi. Angel Di Maria scored the winning goal. Class finish. The UAE game, yes, it's UAE. It's not one of the top 10 teams in the world. Angel Di Maria, star of the game. You're seeing an Argentina team. What makes this Argentina team different than previous teams with Messi in it.
3: Yeah, but Mike, he's not on Ma- Messi levels, though. There's no, no I'm, like not, him, I'm not. I'm I'm Messi not saying, level.
1: but I'm, I'm challenging that point. If if you take Messi out of his team, then they're they okay. They're, they're doom and gloom. They will be okay. I said that. You said that this is a team that that without Messi aren't like they're not the same. When they're playing yes, top level opponents, you take Messi out of a that difference team, maker. like James said, Messi if is they play France without Messi. One yeah, at a time. Messi is a difference maker. I do agree. No one in the world will ever disagree with that. But what Scaloni has done. What Scaloni has done is that different characters are taking more responsibility over this team. You look at the three-man midfield, and I say three because you can plug any three of them in. Rodrigo DePaul is becoming a more vocal leader. Paredes is becoming more vocal leader. Otamendi, vocal leader. Guys like Papu Gomez, they're allowing their characters to shine. Messi's an introvert. Messi is not built to take the the, the, the out-and-out vocal things that come with being a leader and a captain on the team, he wants to just focus on the football. And I think you're going to see more of a relaxed Lionel Messi, not a Messi playing with the weight of the world on their shoulders. And I think you're going to see a better Argentine team, a collective. Yes, in the media, they're saying that, yes, we want to win this for Messi. But internally in that locker room, what I've seen in the last, since the Copa America final run and win, it's like, oh, we finally got this massive, Trophy, We got this winning feeling and you've seen it go through from strength to strength. Look at the game they played against Italy, something that's different from this Brazilian national team. Look at some of the teams they've played outside of South America. Not exactly barn burners, but they're getting good results. Argentina is going and putting a can of wool pass on whoever they play against. And they're scary good right now. Like
3: yeah the but the, the, the hard thing, thing is
1: go it, let him
3: do it. <laughs> the, the hard thing is though um, Mike and Nigel and I guess yeah. James as well is that you know when they go on these runs the South American teams because if Argentina do obviously pass through the group unbeaten it'll be I think 38 games unbeaten. Yeah. They've only faced three European teams in that time. So it's hard to, until you really get to a world cup, it's hard to really say, Hey, you know what? They are um, up there with the best in the world. Sure. They've got probably the best talented um, player at the world cup or ever in history. But at the same time, it's going to be down to what your squad does. And and obviously, Nigel has taught the coach very well indeed because the coach has been pretty incredible, Nigel. I mean, he has done an unbelievable job to get this consistency, to get them playing the way, to get the best out of these players. And as Michael pointed out, it's not just Messi you're getting the best out of now. You're getting the best out of 15, 20 players that pull up on that jersey so there's a lot of pressure obviously going into the competition for them but Messi I think will really turn up in this competition I think he finishes top goal scorer Messi for
5: some reason James you agree with that any chance of Messi finishing top scorer I mean he's certainly like yeah he's definitely in the mix on that but I, I had Martinez actually Ooh. yeah I like that shout too I like yeah. that shout
3: as well All right, let's move on. Uh, We got number three in our graphic, uh, plus 650. It is in the betting odds. Um, Obviously, they're in Group D with Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. And this is where we're going to probably have to disagree because, um, James, you had pointed out that they might not finish uh, top of their group because you don't think they're the best team in their group. Um, Explain yourself about France going into this World Cup. But obviously, Nkunku factor um, will come into play at some point. I didn't think he was going to start anyway, but that is a a world-class player that's not available now.
5: Yeah, I mean the yes, it's certainly. I mean one of many, and I think that's the big issue I have with this this France team, who by the way have lost twice to Denmark in recent months. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at their midfield now. They have one player in the the midfield in the squad with over 15 caps. Uh, I've picked 15 because Choumi has has 14 and is fantastic, but maybe won't be ready for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's Adrien Rabiot. Um, they won the World Cup to my mind because they had Kylian Mbappe at one end, and then they had two of the best midfielders in the tournament, the best midfielder in the world at the time, N'Golo Conte, um, and Paul Pogba at his at the peak of his powers. they have lost all that. Um, and I think kind of, at the time in 2018, we thought France were going to, a great, you know, great team that could repeat, could be a dominant power. They still might be, because they've got great forwards. But how many of their players have gone off the ball, haven't quite kicked on? You know, Varane is not the player he was four years ago. We're not going to see Kim Pembe the fullback options still look weak aside from Teo Hernandez. The midfield's not there. Mbappe's obviously got great, but that whole front line, it just seems like, you know, it's riven with politics and demands. Is Benzema going to play? Well, Giroud brings maybe more out of the players around him. Uh, Griezmann, another that's not kicked on. I just don't buy it. I I find it more plausible that they won't make the last eight than that they will win the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if they were in a tougher group, I wouldn't even pick them to get out. Um, I think denmark are a better team than them and will top the group and then argentina will knock them out quite convincingly
1: yeah you go back to four years ago this is a france team that started the world cup slow they they were not at the tip of everyone's tongue to win it and they ground out results and it was the likes of paul pogba and anton griezmann who really stepped up in the group stages to get goals out of nothing some of the goals really sometimes against the run of play or in stalemates this is a france team i think that it's going to be one of two things they're going to surprise us again or they're going to go home early and no chance they go home early in this group that they have but by early i mean the round of 16. this is a team that doesn't seem like a team four years ago they had characters locker room guys the, the leaders in the locker room that really stepped up paul pogba being one of them and and adele ramy as well one of the unsung heroes when you talk to certain players about who are the guys that created a relaxed atmosphere, that created a unified atmosphere to help lead to triumph. And this was also a France team that that rode their luck at times. In that World Cup final, VAR coming to fruition, yes, they put together a, a class display in the second half, but VAR was the difference in the really in that World Cup, in my opinion, between what Croatia was doing and ultimately what France was able to do. I'm concerned about the injury crisis in this team, as well as a lot of the politics going on. In your back line, Jules Koundé, will he be available? How good is he going to be coming back? Rafa Varane, question marks over. Is he going to be available for that first game? And I think Denmark will feel a lot of confidence against them, given the fact that they've already beaten them twice, and it's come in recent months.
2: I find it so hard to go against France, in my opinion. I think they're just a nation that always produce top talent. Fucking I, I most just... sense you've ever talked on this podcast, <laughs> Nigel,
3: right there, by the way. I'm just sitting listening to James and Mike tearing of France and now looking
2: at their squad and I'm like, I can't... I just, exactly. I can't like that, that's what okay. For me, that's what I'm looking at. I'm I'm looking at the squad. I'm looking at the players I have available. Guzman, for, uh, Guzman, Griezmann for sure, shouldn't start. He's out the team because his form has been absolutely dreadful. He doesn't start. But when you look at the squad and the talent, I find it hard to go against France. The problem that I have with France is it just depends what France turns up. Let's not act like experience doesn't count. They've won the World Cup. They've got experience. They've got Giroud. They've got Benzema. They've got Mbappe there. The young players that come in are going to know what they're coming into. And Didier Deschamps is a World Cup winning manager. Let's not act like all of that doesn't count for nothing. Like, they're mm-hmm. coming into a squad that's won this competition before, knows how to play tournament football. And the players that have are playing at top clubs. Let's not make it seem like these players are playing at Mickey Mouse. They're coming out of the wilderness. They've got a good balance. It just depends what France wants to turn up. It's hard to root against France. I yeah. don't think they'll but, finish top in their group, which is what I say. I agree to that. I think Denmark are a well-better-oiled team. But... This France could be a very dangerous France. And like I, I think personally, they're either going to be great or they're going to be incredibly bad. I just don't see no in-between, but I just can't root against them when I just look I at the squad a, and their players.
1: I think one thing that gives me a big question mark for this French national team, you win a World Cup with a 4-2-3-1 and you have different players that step up and to fit players who are coming into form. And I think really to fit Kareem Benzema in your team, you go to a back three, this free three five two system. And then ahead of the World Cup, Didier Deschamps is coming out saying, you know what? Maybe we're going to scrap this three five two system right before the World Cup. You won the Nations League playing that system, and there's question marks over what formation France are going to play based on potential availability for injuries, based on form. That doesn't be but, that doesn't Mike, that doesn't speak of a team that's that you, things are just, moving I'll, in the I'll right just direction. Say this now. Do you know why I'm not bothered about that? Because when you look at the
2: modern game right now of football, most managers and clubs, players now have to be versatile. In our generation, we were programmed to play one position. These young players coming through now, they are coached and trained to be able to play multiple positions. So the modern game now, you have to be versatile in formation changes, whether it's first 15, 20 minutes, that's just the modern game. So that doesn't scare me. When you have that amount of talent, that player is there.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Nigel, 100%. And I actually think they do top the group here. Um, I'm, I'm obviously leaning on the fact that the, the talent that they have in their squad, um, I obviously look at Karim Benzema coming into the squad, having a point to prove, of course, uh, with the national team, um, of, they, they will score goals. I mean, it's just impossible to think that France won't score goals. The question will be is what James pointed out in that midfield area, where it's a little bit younger, a little bit lacking in the experienced ranks, especially when it comes to big competition. It's going to be important to see how they handle that midfield area. Don't necessarily worry too much defensively and obviously they got some very good goalkeepers but it's a great point that Nigel points out here now which France turns up what happens in camp? Do they start arguing with each other? Are they fighting with the coach? Is there disputes going on? That's what's going to determine how far I believe France can go in this competition because if we're going by talent, France are probably in the top three as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you disagree with me, but I think France could go very far in this competition. I actually have them making it to the final. Um, It's interesting to me that some of you have them going out in that round of 16. So I just I can't bet against them, Mike, that the squad that the the talent they have, the coach they've got the experience and the youth, they have some freaking unbelievable young players who are going to gain experience in this World Cup, but are already world-class talent. They're already world-class talent playing at the biggest clubs across Europe. Some great conversation coming in the, in the chat already. Thanks to everybody out there for jumping in. This is obviously a great discussion. Oscar, history is against France. Cynthia, when you have Benzema, you always have a chance. Uh, P Morton saying, France's midfield is a wreck but at least they aren't imploding like they do pretty much every year at every other <laughs> World Cup. Great comment coming in and Rafa saying, as good as they are, the champs will make them terrible to watch. We also had a great comment coming in from P Morton early on in the conversation. He says, all the qatar parties nigel are around the penthouse so stay yes. away from the there ground get to the penthouse that's because my, if that's where we were, that's we someone were in with qatar. common sense
2: Penthouse that's some party, of common sense. Baby. i'm telling you there'll be parties happening for sp- special privileged nations you guys think oh yeah th- <laughs> no no if the brazil want to party they're going to make it happen for the brazilian guys and make sure no press get in and they ain't going to be shouting from the <laughs> rooftops what they were doing in qatar either All and right, also wait, Ian, quick I- one before you go to break why do you guys think that France midfield is a wreck? Because it's not a wreck. They are one of the best young midfielders in world football. How do you get experience by playing games? Do you think he's going to shy away when you think about the pressure of playing for Real Madrid, playing Champions League and La Liga to playing in the World mm-hmm. Cup?
5: Not it's the other guy, guy next to him. Best two or three go ahead Jim it's, it's the other yeah. guy next to him called
1: Adrian Rabiot. Yeah, who, yeah, that's probably good. That's the question mark. Off. yeah. that's the question mark. <laughs> thank you, Ben for saying he's that. Actually, oh he's actually been pretty good, though the last in, in, in the, the last two is, weeks, been he's been good. good. He's been the last two weeks. He's been good. All right,
3: we got to get more. to break. We were trying to get through five teams. We managed to get through three teams before we had to break, uh, but producer Des uh, is desperate for his halftime Guinness. So let's get <laughs> on to a quick break. More power rankings when we return. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy the conversation with all of you. So please stick around for the remaining teams, including England, after the break. You're watching House of Champions.
4: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, TaylorBrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T A I L O R B R A N D S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: Don't stop watching the world's best soccer stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live on Paramount Plus. It's soccer's ultimate annual competition. Not for country, but for club. Sign up today for 50% off an entire year using code all year at ParamountPlus.com slash sports. Nigel Rio Coker, where is the code that people can scan? Whereabouts is it? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome back, everyone. You're watching House of Champions. We're going through our power rankings. We're about to turn our attention to fourth place England, who are at plus 750 in the betting odds. They're in Group B alongside Iran, alongside Wales, and alongside the USA. Uh, let's get into it. Michael, Lewitt, I'm coming to you first about England because I don't want to let the English talk because they have to <laughs> grab the floor and grab the microphone. Let's discuss England. I mean, realistically, what is their target in this world cup? Because Gareth Southgate seems to refuse to say that this team is going to win it. Even though I believe they have a, an a unbelievable squad that could win the whole competition. They should finish top of their group. <sighs> They're a dangerous group.
1: Yeah, I'm not buying what this England team is selling. I- I'm just gonna come out and say that right away. I- I'm 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 annoyed with myself that I wasn't able to be on the last chat we had last week about this England team because I'm gonna hammer them right now. Harry Kane exhausted going in this tournament. He is your talisman, he is your goal scoring point of reference. The big question with Garrett Southgate is is he going to have the medal? to take out some of his darlings in the team, Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, in particular two players who have not been in great form for Chelsea this season and and two players who he typically goes to to start in big matches and the World Cup, there's big matches in this group. At the back line though, I think that's where the biggest weakness is. But before I get to the weakness, I want to go to a strength. A player who I think this could be a breakout tournament for Jude Bellingham. Who Southgate decides to play next to him? That's a big that's another question mark. Is it Jordan Henderson? Is it what, Declan Rice. It's Declan Rice.
2: It's going to be it has Declan to be Rice. Rice
1: then. Okay, that's a big that that that's another big call. What Jordan Henderson? What's he going to do? Is he how is he going to react to something like that? Because Henderson's been a big part of your last two tournament runs. Nige, it's I see your eyebrow about furrowed. You know, he's let, me, let me get to he's let me fine. get to the last part first. Let me get to the last part first before I give the floor to my brethren from across the Atlantic. The back line is woeful. It's woeful, it's woeful, it's woeful. The kids from the USMNT are going to run circles around Harry Maguire. I can't wait for that Black Friday match. I have big question marks around the Singlin' team. In terms of realistic expectations, two more seconds to the floor is yours. Quarterfinals is as good as it gets for the England team. I'm not buying what they're selling.
5: Just, just want to check if we're, we're still talking about the same team that reached the World <laughs> Cup semifinals four years ago in the European Championships literally last summer. We talk about that one. Ah, oh, the, 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 dec- the same players, the same players, the it.
1: same players who were in form. Harry Maguire, the same Harry Maguire is, is, He wasn't is in that form. tournament, right? He wasn't in he, form. He wasn't the, the same. Form. The same players who were in form. He wasn't in that tournament.
5: But that's but that's the point. Is that this is a that he 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 wasn't in form then because he was mm. playing in a back four. But put him on the left side of a back three, he's fine. I mean, I, I'm not excited about what Harry Maguire could do in an England shirt, but I think there's this sort of curious idea that because um, clown car FC Manchester United can't get the <laughs> best out of Harry Maguire, that in some way, an England environment that he clearly relishes, um, that that they they can't either. Like, he's, he's always a better player in an England shirt, it was better for England than he was for Leicester. Um you kind of—I I think there are justifiable question marks over this this team, and and I would say I'm probably not as as confident as uh, as England were last summer. Um, I'm infinitely more confident as an Englishman than than I was before the 2018 World Cup. But you run down that potential starting eleven; it's got very few mistakes in it. Garrett, people seem to have confused the kind of the fact that England aren't that fun to watch with the fact that England aren't good at football and good at tournaments, like. It, Gareth Southgate mitigates risks at the cost of, you know, he has uh, of not unleashing his talent. We've seen games by the way where he's tried that and done what everyone wants and played a 4-3-3 with Mount and Foden or whoever as as free eight and it looks awful. It doesn't work well because it's this is international football. Sometimes the best thing you can do is keep it tight at the back and trust your world-class striker Harry Kane and your world-class front line. To win the to win the battle to win the the tight battle it it works like they have a system that works they have high quality players they're going to miss Reese James a lot really miss Reese James but I think if you've got Alexander Arnold and Trippier as your options there you've got Ben White as well filling in while Carl Walker's out injured well Carl's you're fine be starting great squad. If, I think England going to be absolutely fine. like They could, on, no they
2: could win it. Probably I'm not going to jump on could. it too much. I'm not going to indulge in in uh, Michael's absolute <laughs> nonsense with the, the U Summit players going to run rings. like they, they could barely run rings around themselves. Anyway, like James said, Back I think it, it's a good squad. I'm only going to jump onto one little thing quickly. What James said for me is when Gareth Southgate lets these England players go out there and truly express themselves, lets the shackles off, England are dangerous. That's going to be, for me whether they win this or not, and how far they go. If Gareth Gareth Southgate uses very cautious approach, you don't see the best of England. But when he lets them go out there, he fills them with confidence, gives them belief, you'll see the best of them. And one player that can be a big impact in that, in how he plays and approaches the game, is Ian's favourite player, Jude Bellingham. If he lets him go out there and play, Mm -hmm. and he can be very infectious and influential to the rest of the players, England are dangerous. But if we go with too much of a cautious approach, it's a problem. That's all I have to say.
3: I uh, it's also a great point because I think if you just let the youngsters play as well and I know they've got experience and I know obviously there's there's always this um hesitancy and there's always this um fear of playing a lot of youngsters in big competition a lot of coaches go to their experience if they allow England to play the way we know they can play. There are few teams that can stop this group of players because they are so talented. And there are young players in there who have not yet experienced a World Cup that will get to learn a a World Cup pretty quickly in this group, where England, I think, should finish top of the group and shouldn't have any problems against all three of the the competitors in the group. Um, But I think that the youngsters in particular, of course, I I rattle on about Bellingham being the only one that's not playing domestically um, in the Premier League. Um, he will be soon, I would imagine. He's one of the world's best players right now. Best youngsters, I would say. Not necessarily best players because he's still got a lot to prove, but his potential. My oh my. This Mm. kid could be probably the best midfielder of his generation. That's how good he is. Mm. And this is the stage for him to prove it on. I want England to prove it to the rest of the world, to shut everybody up. Because you see in the comments right now, England quarterfinals, Maguire ain't been right since he got bind up against Greece. England will lose second, the group then lose to the Dutch. Yeah, I feel like the USA is going to be disappointed uh, and England could be disappointed too. Like the, Everyone's rattling England because it's an easy target. But I just hope that these players have the freedom to go and express themselves, because if they do that, good luck trying to stop England.
2: Ian, just to jump on you quickly, you're right. You know what it is as well, and I'm sure James will agree to this as well, England will be happy with this because they're not being spoken about as real potential winners. So it suits them better, because people don't realise the English press can be very ruthless. So now that they're not in that spotlight, it's going to even suit them better. I can't wait to get Michael Hood's reaction. Uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm, happens? You for know England. What? I'm, I'm keeping. I'm
1: keeping receipts. And Ian, I see what you're. You are. You are winding up the English lads to keep giving receipts for this Black Friday. Cannot wait for the first <laughs> ball to be kicked because I'm telling you now, I'm gonna hammer. Just bullshit. get worried, Just get worried. State don't England. buy it. Don't you buy new West TV. America. America. Come to you guys. <laughs> America. America. Let's,
3: let's, <laughs> rattle, let's <laughs> rattle through the, the rest of the, the teams that we have in the top 10. We'll begin with Spain. Quick comment from each of you about Spain mm. plus 750 in Group E alongside Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. We'll start with James Bench.
5: Yeah, I, I really like what this Spain team could be if Alvaro Morata can mm. just get it right. Just for, just for two or three weeks, if he can have that scoring streak that he's always been threatening and never quite been delivering. He kind of is the, the, the pivot. On this, I think their midfield is really good. They're kind of masters of defensive possession, but um you just feel like they might struggle to put the ball in the net consistently.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think they are the pass masters of Europe. I think they, they lead Europe in the last year or so in terms of passes completed, passes made, but can they turn passes into goals? They don't create a lot of shots for as much possession they have in the final third, and that's a worrying sign. If you look at some of their potential attacking options, we talk about Alvaro Morata. Ferran Torres, a player who is dangerous, does 95% of the things well, but not many goals for Barcelona, and a player who hasn't been getting a lot of minutes for Bar- – or starts, I should say, for Barcelona, given the options they have. And when you look at the other options and the final options, what – Sabaria not playing for PSG much, Marco Asensio not really playing for Real Madrid much, just a lot of worries in that front line for Spain.
2: Mm. Yeah, that comment there is completely wrong because Germany are going to top the group. Anyway, for Spain, it's a bit of an experiment. Um, They're going with some youngsters. I think it's also to gain experience for the next tournament. Whether the manager will still be in charge for the next tournament is another question to ask. But I think that they'll play beautiful football, great football, but they like that bite and that edge. Just like Michael and James said, scoring goals, having a clinical striker is their biggest problem. But they'll play great football, get to the edge of the box. They lack that bite.
3: Interesting comments from all of you about Spain. And I think it's very difficult for any of us to really commit to putting some money down on Spain going deep in this competition. But if you look at their squad, they still are a very talented group. And there are some youngsters in there who have really shone brightly, obviously domestically and, and Spain in particular, but also um, I like the mix that they've got Spain. And I also would say this, similar to what you just mentioned about England, Nigel, not many people are talking about Spain right now. Can't imagine they're feeling too much pressure, except from their home nation, to go far in this competition. And not many people are expecting them to top their group because they're in with Germany. And they also have Japan in their group as well, which you've got to be worried about taking points from one of the two. So Spain have got to be good. They've got to be good. And they may potentially take maximum points in the group because I am not all over Germany, let's turn our attention to Germany because there are plus mm. 1,000 to win the World Cup. They, of course, are in uh, the same group as I just mentioned with uh, Spain, Japan, and Costa Rica. Um, everybody out there in the comments, let us know where you think Germany will go in this competition. Can they make it to the final? Yes or no? Let us know if they can beat Spain. Can they top their, their group against Spain? Um, Nigel, I'll start with you on Germany. Obviously, we talk about German football a lot because I played in Germany and we've got no other option but to listen to me talk about German <laughs> football. This is a good group. But I'm not convinced yet that Germany can win it or even make it to the final.
2: Well, you should start, Ian, because all I'd say, I'll give you the floor. I'll give the floor to you because you've got more experience. I'll just say for me again, I look at Germany very similar to France. It's hard Mm. to root against them. They've got good experience. They've got some youngsters coming in. What they're doing is bleeding a lot of these youngsters in for the next major tournament. They've always been good at that, and I think that that's why again it's always hard to root against them because the one thing I like about the German Germans is this: you want to play beautiful football. And technical football, they can do that. You want to play the physical side of football, they can do that. Any type of football you want to play, the Germans can adapt to do it and they always find a way. But what would what you think, Ian?
3: All right. I'll just give hmm. you my opinion and I want to hear from the boys real quickly. Now, yeah. Germany, obviously, I think will, will be dangerous. They, they will score goals. They will create opportunities because they have pace in the wings and they have goal scorers up top there. Um, obviously, you, you want to figure out where Thomas Muller is. They brought experience back into the squad. Obviously, I get that. Um, but I worry massively and I mean massively, about the defence. I understand that they've got players playing at Real Madrid, they've got players playing at Borussia Dortmund, and, and obviously the biggest clubs in Europe, Leipzig, I get it. But at the same time, I am not convinced about this uh, centre-back pairing, I'm not convinced about defensive uh, organisation. I think that is their biggest weakness, Germany. I really do believe that. They will score goals, they should top their group. But defensively, I think a Spain can cause problems to this Germany team. Now I would not be putting money on Germany
5: beating Spain in this group stage. James,
3: uh, James, am I far away from saying that, that Germany do have weaknesses and it is that backline?
5: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think one interesting subplot about Spain and Germany is the presence of a really good Japan team in their group. Mm. And uh, you know, I, I, I map this out. I had Spain and Germany getting through, but both of them only on goal difference ahead of Japan. Um, the one thing I would say, I look at this team and I look at it like um, if we've all seen, I'm sure we've all seen Succession, or most of us have. I look at this Germany team like Kendall looks at uh, Logan Roy. He's just not a killer. <laughs> They're just not killers. I don't. I, I, I don't. Maybe it's all the you know the memories of <sighs> that disappointing World Cup defence. They weren't great mm. at the Euros either. They're just not a team that would I, I think will scare. Their opponents, which is very strange to say about Germany, but yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be scared of them. I would respect them, but yeah, th- there's a little something missing that I can't put. Yeah. But the yeah, midfield, though,
1: the midfield is, it, is freaking stuck. Yeah, yeah. I, Germany's, I, I don't think we're giving this German team enough credit. I agree with the, some of the concerns in the back line because they play a high line. Hansi flick. We saw that Bayern Munich, it's high risk, high reward with some of their movements, how they press. I mean, when they get in transition, what I love about this German team and you see it at Bayern Munich, the Bayern influence. And I said that yesterday, Ian, there's clearly Mm -hmm. something not right at Bayern Munich this year. Clearly something not right (laughs) with what they've done at the group stages, what they what they continue to do in the league. And I think we're going to be saying the same things now about this German team. There's clearly something not right about this German team. And I think we'll be reversing that potentially come World Cup time. I love the confidence with with which this core is playing with. And Hansi Flick is good with young players. Getting the likes of Musiala in the mix, making him the out-and-out dictator of the attack, free-flowing. This kid is playing with tons of confidence. Serge Gnabry getting goals. Leroy Sané, that Bayern core. Joshua Kimmich. My big concern with them is because you play a high line, because you don't have pace in the back, that connection between your two center backs, it's going to force Manuel Neuer to, to be the best sweeper-keeper he's ever been of his career. And that could cost you in the latter stages of the World Cup if he gets it wrong or a defender. There's not good communication. That's where I see breakdown possible for Germany. But, oh, man, you know, the striker position as well. Do you go with Kai Havertz? Do you go with Thomas Müller, a position he hasn't played as much recently in his career. But I really like this German national team and I think they could be a big threat in this competition.
3: Nigel, I'm just going to say one name to you that I know you're a big fan of, Yusufa Mukoko uh, mm.
1: in the squad, by the way. Watch out for him on the big stage. This
3: kid seems to love it all right let's turn our attention to the netherlands real quickly uh we got to be quicker because we're about to get out of here um they're in group a with senegal ecuador and qatar they don't play on match day one they play they play on match day one but they play a day later after qatar and ecuador open the competition at uh, netherlands nigel um obviously well coached with louis van Gaal, great is the opportunity for him he's been outspoken about the competition taking place in qatar which i think everybody appreciates but are the netherlands uh, a team that maybe we should be talking about a bit more
2: yeah dark horse Very dark horse team in the Netherlands, you know, and I think again with them, they're very happy. They're going under the radar, top players playing all across Europe, playing for some of the biggest clubs in Europe. Good mix, some surprise picks and surprise players who didn't make it. But I think Van Gaal as a manager is a great manager and also a great human being. It's more than just being a manager. And I think that they're a real dark horse that people should really keep an eye on. One -hmm. of my few dark horses.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, Nigel. Beware of the back three. Last time we saw Netherlands show up to a World Cup with a back three, it yielded very high dividends in a World Cup. I think third place finish in Brazil. The concern for this Netherlands team is you have some key players, Memphis Depay, one of their leading goal scorers, I think leading goal scorer in the World Cup qualifying campaign, not getting minutes for Barcelona. What he has missed for Barca, he has made up big time with this Netherlands national team. Denzel Dumfries as well, a player to watch in the World Cup. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, Cody Cody Gakpo as well. I think there's Hmm. a player that could really take the the tournament by storm. They've got good players everywhere. Maybe not the sort of superstar talent of past Dutch teams other than Van Dijk. But, you know, not going to be many players that have a shocker.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that one there. And also just to point out that Memphis Depay did score 12 goals through qualifying and uh, was absolutely flying. And some players just seem to have a little bit more of um, satisfaction when it comes to national team over club football. Uh, Certainly going into this competition seems to be the case. All right, let's move on to Portugal. Plus 1,400 uh, in Group H alongside Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. Probably one of the most difficult groups you could possibly put into uh, Portugal. efficient in qualifying obviously uh, a lot of noise going into the world cup james around cristiano ronaldo uh frosty <laughs> welcomes and all this bullshit um but they are uh, uh, yeah. even if you take in my opinion if you take cristiano away from this group this is a top portugal side that could do damage in the competition
5: i believe and it might not be the worst thing to take cristiano ronaldo yeah. away from this group I, I mean it possibly let let i mean certainly bruno fernandes plays a lot better without him. And a lot of your mm. other players do as well. I think the absence of Diogo Jota though, is, it, it's going to really hurt them because he was a player who could and relish playing alongside Ronaldo that like that for me is a big challenge. The talents all there. They're kind of quite similar to England in that they don't look to exploit it. They look to keep games tight and trust their forward line to win it. I could see anything happening with this team, um, all the way from going to the final, uh, to maybe not even getting out of the group, but, um, Never knowingly
2: not dramatic. Yeah. For me, you take Ronaldo out. Yeah, I think all this swan song of Ronaldo and records and World Cup and all that is what they're thinking of. Take him out of this group. Let the next generation come in. Rafael Leal could be the star of this team. Like uh, James said, uh, Fernandez plays way better without Ronaldo. Then they could be trouble. But if you play him, he hasn't played at Man United. He's not fit. He's not ready to go into a World Cup. And it's just going to be a big mess.
3: Interesting. Great comment coming in from Jimmy Survivor. He says, Uruguay, winner of that group for me. And certainly yes. that is the competition I agree right there. to that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Of course. Michael, would we uh, touch on Belgium here. Plus 1600 to win the competition in Group F. Ooh. Very difficult group alongside Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Um, I mean, listen, it's still Belgium. They still have Kevin De Bruyne. They yeah. have uh, obviously Lukaku. We don't know where his fitness levels is. They have a great goalkeeper in Courtois. They have talent. They have a group. They have a very, very good coaching staff. But are they good?
1: They're going to score goals. Uh, They've shown that in their last couple Nations League games, and it's all been through the play of KDB. Big question marks from Lukaku, his health. And I think Lukaku, given that his priority has been on the World Cup, I think probably he's been more conservative in getting back on the field for Inter Milan. But which Lukaku are we going to see? The one from 2018 or the one that we saw last season for Chelsea He looked like he started the season revived going to enter big question mark there. And Eden Hazard captain of the national team. I think the armband should go to Kevin De Bruyne because he's the real talisman, but Eden Hazard hasn't played much at all for Real Madrid injury crisis for him. If they can get anything out of him, the by the way, yeah, by the way, Mike, you just apologized for not playing for Real Madrid. I hope you saw that. Yeah, I did. I sorry did. sorry for yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's – hey, hopefully you won't be saying that to the Belgian fans at the final whistle of their matches at the World Cup. What I love about this Belgian team, though, the youngsters coming through. You have Trussard from Brighton. Do you give him more of a prominent role should Eden Hazard not be able to kick on like they expect him to? I would put him in the team. I would give him a run if Hazard isn't good to go after the first game. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I'm just deeply underwhelmed by this this Belgium team. I think De Bruyne is the only one, and, and Courtois, that we're not talking about from the golden generation as being post-prime. Um, one of my many hot takes for this World Cup is that they don't get out of the group. Uh, I, I don't think they're all that special anymore. We'll see, wow. though. I mean, maybe they relish the dark horse tag a bit more, but I don't think they're getting out of the group. I it is I a Morocco are really million. good.
2: All the conversations we've had about, oh, their back line, their back line. No, this is the one team that the back line definitely isn't good enough. So we said about, oh, yeah. no, said, no, Belgium's back line is absolutely awful and not good enough. They haven't developed Ooh. enough good Ooh. enough players. Ouch. It's a fact. Awful. Man. We'll see. That's what I have to say on them. James, you, pointed, the out, you, you pointed out that
3: Morocco are good, and obviously we know Croatia are good, but also let's not underestimate Canada. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so baby. Conquer calf best team in CONCACAF as far as I'm concerned through qualifying <laughs> they were fantastic to watch and they have some players my oh my uh, James on Denmark real quickly before we get out of here plus 3,000 to win the whole thing uh, you're pretty high on them in the group stage they're over Tunisia France and Australia in group D um, Holmans put together a very good squad and got them playing incredibly well they're dangerous they're fun and obviously they welcome back Ericsson after that emotional time after having Carrera rest on the field this is going to be a big competition for them they are not going into Qatar quietly they are going in to share their opinion, share their voice. Obviously, um, want to demonstrate as well with their jerseys and training jerseys. And, and I love to see that from players and, and federations in particular. Um, but down to the football, uh, good side that you are rating pretty highly here.
5: Great side. Really great side. Because when you start going through the boxes that you need to tick for World Cup success, and this goes back to what Nigel said, great defence. A defence that's played a lot together and, you know, is more than the sum of its parts. World Cup, especially in the knockout rounds, you need set piece experts. They have the best set piece taker, or one of the best set piece takers in world football. Uh, in uh, in in Christian Eriksen, there's just talent right across this side. A lot more, I think, than maybe people appreciate. I mean, go and look at that that front line as well. It's not it's not star names, but you know there is an awful lot of talent. We saw. um what was the guy's name? It, honestly, his name's just blanked on me from uh, from the Euros. Who really shone out? But you know, I mean, Skov Olsen is in great form as well. Yes, but Yes, but Lindström, as you can yeah, attest from good, the Bundesliga, that's a good shout. Ian, like him. Really promising young forward there. This is a team that ticks every box. I have them going right the way to finishing third at the World Cup. Mm, I do as well. And I said that I said wow. they go deep in the Euros as well.
1: Mike, comment quickly, please. Yeah, I, I, i Thank you. I feel like I've sucked up so much air today with some of my uh, antics, especially still peeved at the England shouts. But I'll put that aside for this Danish team. I, oh, I'm yeah, glad you're I'd saying that USA.
2: Let's <laughs> even make the chat. Let's finish. Up.
1: That's for the next show. For this yeah. Danish team, I, I love that we've seen a progression from them starting what, it was the, the World Cup, and then you go to the Euros semis, and now. You see the audacity being able to beat France twice and then going to Croatia and losing a close game. But you're getting just it's a unified team. And I think the Euro campaign, you're seeing a lot of your key players playing at some of the the top leagues in the world, playing at some massive clubs. And I, you mentioned, goalkeeper in Schmeichel not having the best of times at Nice. But when he puts on the Denmark shirt. He becomes a different player. I think this is a team that's ready to make some noise. And the fact that they play a team that they've already gotten good results against in France, a little bit of 2018 coming back again, between it was at Denmark, France, and Australia, similar group as last time. I think the familiarity will help them and give them the boost of confidence. I expect big things from this team.
3: What a great conversation today, guys. We managed to make it through all the way
2: to 10. We spent pretty much most of the time on the top well three in England. Go ahead, Nigel. Before you end it, in sorry. <laughs> listen, I just want people to remember I said this, right? There's a team we haven't discussed we didn't get to because Mike likes to talk about USA and talk nonsense. Uruguay. Ladies and gentlemen, remember Nigel said it first. Keep an eye on Uruguay as the biggest extreme dark horse. Just remember I said it first there. Go ahead, <laughs> Well, listen, there is
3: Croatia, Uruguay, Serbia, Mm -hmm. and USA that were um, all the way down to 14th place. You said Uruguay. Um, I, say, yes, I will say my dark horse is Serbia. And um there's a few reasons for that. And I see the chat has been very active right now. James is shaking his head. Um, but the, the conversation in the chat has been absolutely brilliant today. Thanks to everybody for jumping in the conversation. And there's a little bit of debate going on in the chat, guys. We're we're having our chat here, but there's debate going on in the chat right now as we speak about what's Argentina. The what's about the what's France, the most important question Serbia. before we get out?
2: Come on, quickly. What's the what's the biggest question you've seen Ian before we was, get out?
3: There was three different... Um, no Senegal is uh, African champions here. What we got here? Hold on, let me get into it. Mm. They were discussing about Serbia. If Serbia were going to make it out of the group stage, uh, many people were saying Serbia were going to uh, be the, the dark horse, which I believe as well. And that don't has you,
5: been don't you think, quickly. Don't you think Serbia a bit like Turkey were at Euro 2020, where everyone, no. everyone was convinced they no. were the dark horse? The reason yes, I would is say that... One, Go they're playing Brazil first, which is mm-hmm. going to be a real momentum killer for them. And two,
1: Switzerland. Unless they get something well. from the game, James. Unless well, they, well, they get watch it. something. So, from, you know, I, I the think, think the fact oh, that they're, they're right. playing them first is going to help get that out of the way. None. It puts more focus Great on the next two games. Not a team.
2: That's what you got to say of Serbia. Amazing. And, and so no, I disagree
1: with game that. Game I disagree with that. No, you're underestimating a team that have good players playing Uruguay the right time you I agree play. with the Uruguay but this Serbia team they're unified in ways they haven't been before
3: alright couple of quick comments before we get out here in Serbia they are in Group G as uh, James Wright pointed out against Brazil that's their first game then they have Cameroon and Switzerland don't forget alright just don't forget the Albanians that live in Switzerland this is going to be a bit of a battle here we're talking yeah. Serbia against Swiss Albanians here at the World Cup this is going to be an absolute battle <laughs> plus they've got some world class players one who have been critical of him, and that is Vlahovic obviously but I think he'll be better for his national team than he has been playing for Juventus this season Mitrovic if he's healthy eh, not a bad goal scorer as well and one player who's really shown brightly has been filling Kostic, who's really Savage. stood out so obviously Milinkovic Savage as well apparently not moving club because he's going to cost over hundred million I'm going to shut up now the conversation has been awesome everybody out there thank you so much for jumping in the House of Champions conversation today it's been brilliant to hear from you. It's been great to hear from the boys. I love how different of an opinion we have. James shakes his head on everything I say today, (laughs) and I love it. Nigel Rio Coker wags his finger at Michael who everything he says. <laughs> and Michael disagrees with everyone out there. And I hope the conversation never, ever ends because this is going to be one unbelievable World Cup, something we have never seen before. And be careful where you put your money on this competition, on every game, on every group winner, on whoever you think is going to win because this is a competition like no other we have ever seen before. So Ladies, last comment from Nigel before we get out.
2: Nigel, last comment. Last comment. Yep. Oh, James, are you are you not happy, James? We didn't have to even discuss USA. In that- <laughs> <laughs> like, it's an embarrassment to have them in there over some other nations. Oh, uh, like, aren't I can't we wait doing to it? Garofill to stuff them.
5: Aren't we doing a special Minnows episode with them? Uh, yeah. oh, oh, to absolutely take, stuff them. He's ready to go. Rinse. Into America, I get rinsed in the group chat. I get rinsed on the, fit, on the show, I'm
4: a pod.
3: Stuff the USA. Topic of conversation is. Uh, <laughs> nations to struggle that will be the mm. one right now thanks everybody out there for listening to us, the champions please take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform we're available on apple podcast spotify stitcher and anywhere else you listen to your podcast also available as videos so subscribe to us on youtube everybody out there who's been in the chat absolutely fantastic thanks to everybody thanks to James Benj enjoy your day enjoy your weekend the World Cup's about to be here Nigel Rio Coker pointing to do QR code if you want um, 50% off your Paramount plus subscription and there's the salute from Michael Hood towards the US national team who is just gearing up for that first kick oh yes it's goal time baby World Cup 22 is right around the corner how's the champion signing up